This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, Ryan here with Torch Talk Podcast. Did you know that I also run a marketing agency with the absolute best crew? I keep hearing from other garage door companies how their SEO company or their web design company is just not cutting it. We never hear that here. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work really, really hard for you door guys out there. Check us out, suchandsuchmedia.com. You got the pricing and everything right on the website. Full transparency. And we're going to work really hard because you are the champion of your story. And we just want to be a small part of your success and celebrate it with you. Great customer service. Amazing web design. Phenomenal SEO. It's going to get you ranked. Give us a shout such and such media.com. What's up guys, Ryan here with torsion talk podcast. And today I've got Kevin Pike, Kevin, what is up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? Been good. Uh, so out of the wake of virtual door dealer conference, uh, I'm very curious to hear from you, like your opinion of it and what you, you won $10,000, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, what did you do with it? And, uh, I hope you bought Bitcoin. <laughs> I tell you, I actually have some, uh, some of the currency in there. It's not, not doing too good, but, uh, not the Bitcoin level yet, but, uh, no, I tell you what, the virtual door deal is that that was great. Um, I definitely want to thank you for putting it all together. Um, you know, aside from winning ten thousand dollars, that's definitely a huge bonus. But uh, it was just awesome. Um, honestly, I would promote the hell out of it if it wasn't for prizes and everything else, just because it's something I believed in. It's something to help this industry. Yeah, I think you're like you're pretty much responsible for like half the people that signed up. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I was like, dang, it's not even going to be a competition. Kevin just cleaned it out. So, um, so what, uh, what did you do with the 10 grand? Um, I'm actually doing some stuff around the house. Um, you know, fixing things up, getting caught up on stuff that I've been behind on for, you know, time restraints and, uh, you know, money and all that fun stuff. It's, it's hard to dump money in the house whenever you're busy, you know? Yep. And door guys are always busy. Right. It's like whenever you're slow, oh, I can dump some money in the house. Now you're slow, so you don't want to spend the money. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So uh, the name of your company is KB, right? Uh, yeah. K, K and B Doormaster. K and B yeah. Doormaster. Tell me a little bit about um, what you guys do, what you specialize in. And you do, you, you kind of do a little bit of everything. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, we do, we do a little bit of everything, uh, residential and commercial. Um, we we started in 2002. I had no experience in doors whatsoever. Um, I was actually an auto mechanic beforehand, and um, right around May, I was unemployed. I was kind of looking at my life, deciding you know, I'm 21 years old, 22 years old. I said, "What am I? Do I want to do mechanics for the rest of my life?" I I really did not like it. I hated it. And um, my wife's grandmother, her her boyfriend's uh, fiance, whatever you want to call it, at the time, he owned a company called Schaefer Electronics. And um, 
he was in business for many, many years, but he had broken his hip. He couldn't do it anymore. And the customers are calling, 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 saying, hey, somebody has to come fix my garage door. And my wife's uh, grandmother comes to me and she's like, oh, can you go down so-and-so's house, fix their door? I told her, I said, I said Grandma, I don't know any of my garage doors. I, I know absolutely, I don't even know what a spring is. I have no clue. Well, she's like, oh, well, you're good with your hands. You're mechanical. You can figure it out. I'm like, All right, I'll go take a look. Next thing you know, we're buying buying a van and uh, we're coming up with a company name. And here we are, freaking 19 years later. That's crazy. It's so yeah, fun to, hearing how guys get into the door industry. It's like I tell you, I had I had no clue. I had no clue what a torsion spring was. I remember the first install we had to do with uh, torsion. I'm sitting there with the owner's manual, you know, Windsor door sitting there reading the instructions for cover to cover for like a I hope those straight. instructions were better than Amar's because my first one was rough and I was not technical <laughs> with my hands. So that was yeah, a it long was, day. It was, it was rough and, and to boot the, the customer, he, he, he wasn't the greatest customer. So um, <laughs> definitely made the first one a challenge. Yeah, Learned a lot though. You know, like I said, learn from your mistakes, right? Yep. Yeah, and I make plenty of those. So every single day, oh. I tell my team. Oh, all the we time, all do. Yeah, I we make more do. mistakes than all of you guys combined on a daily basis. So you don't, I don't normally get mad when when my team makes mistakes unless it's something that they just do repeatedly over and over again. Uh, right, right. So uh, we had the conference. You got the ten grand. You're fixing stuff up. I saw on Facebook you you were uh, doing some some uh, not necessarily was it gardening. You're uh, freshening up the flower beds and fixing up the house. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just landscaping around. You know, that's something that we we let go. And um, I was I've been busy the past two summers. Really, we were doing some remodeling work on the side for a friend of mine, and um, I wasn't home. You know, when I was home, I was pretty much sleeping. So uh, yeah, we let some stuff go and. It's time to make it look good again and not be the uh, the one in the neighborhood that everybody points and laughs at. You know? <laughs> and you don't have a garage? No, we actually, I do. I do have you? a 12 by 6, 6 door. Yep. Okay. I have a, it's an oversized one-car garage. So I got and my that's something in there. that, like, I know is something that I probably should talk more about. But, like, I, I'm learning that in different parts of the country, there's, like, really oddball sizes that are more popular than others. Here, I mean, you could literally stock eight by sevens, um, eight by eights, nine by seven, nine by eight, sixteen by seven, sixteen by eight, eighteen by seven, eighteen by eight, and then get some eighteen inch sections because we get a lot of six nine doors here. Outside of that, I mean, if you go down in Atlanta, you'll see some seventeen by six sixes every once in a while, but really that's about it. Um, but you know, occasionally ten by sevens, whatever. But in your area you guys just see a wide range of things or is it uh, like a certain, certain type or certain size? So everything's small here. Everything's very low here. Um, if you're tall and you're in this market, you're going to hit your head a few times. Um, hmm. My guy, Chuck, he's six, two, six, one. He hits his head a few times and uh, actually gave him a hard hat. I'm like, here, man, <laughs> you, you do small jobs. We actually just sold yesterday um, an eight by five foot nine door. Wow. So that one's going to be tricky. Uh, we got a beam in the way. So we actually got to get the opener back behind the beam. So we have an eight foot rail for this opener. Um, we end up having to use eight foot horizontal, low head on tracks, all this fun stuff. It's it's a crazy market here. It's, it's What kind of opener do you use? 
Um, that one, I think we're selling a LiftMaster uh, 8365 on that one. Okay. Uh, so 5.9, I mean, they can't even really stick their car in there, right? I mean, it's close. It's, I'm going to be hitting my head, and I'm a short dude. It's it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, they, they just use it for storage, and that's what a lot of garages around here, they, they just use it for storage because yeah. you can't fit anything in them. You know, if it's six sixes are our average height, so. That's crazy. Yeah, it's all yeah, over the place. We definitely, I mean, we've learned how to do, you know, many tricks with low headroom situations. And uh, we do kind of pride ourselves on being the ones in the area that will say, hey, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, if I can't make it work, then I don't think anybody else will be able to, you know, around here. Yeah. I love that because it's been so many jobs I've pulled up to and cust like customers are like, oh, we've had four other companies here and they say they can't do it. And I'm like, I'll, I haven't even looked at it. I'll be like, we'll do it. <laughs> I'll be like, it right. doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Like, uh, my right. guys are good enough. I'll uh, I'll do my best selling it and do it right, and then they're, they'll get it in there. So, um, Absolutely. I was at uh, an estimate one time years ago. One of my competitors was there, and I'm, uh, I'm doing my thing. There was two different garages, and I was in the one side, and they were kind of separated by a wall. But I'm listening, and uh, he's on the other side, and he's telling the homeowner, oh, yeah, you know, you'll never be able to fit an opener in here. It's just, just going to be impossible, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of looked at it, waited till he left, and uh, I'm looking, looking, taking some measurements. I said, you know what, I can make this work. And I told the customer, I said, look, here's what I'm going to do, and I forget what all we end up having to do. But I told her, I said, we'll make it work. I said, I'll make it work 100%. So we, we were able to charge a little bit more and get the job right there on the spot. So yeah. it's, it, it pays to, you know, try things. The problem is a lot of guys are afraid. Yeah. Yep. That's why I got into selling like high end expensive doors because I knew a lot of the guys around here. Number one, they're so used to selling cheap, you know, like if they, they got called out for a door quote, they're going out there to quote a Pandora. Like that, that is it right. There was no like questions you know, design, nothing like it's short panel raise Pandora. That's what you get. And they would you go, Hey, I can give you a door for this. And they'd write it on a piece of paper and hand it to them. Um, so I felt like if I can sell a five, 10, 15, 20, 25, $30,000 residential job, uh, I think a lot of guys are kind of scared of that, right? What if I get it wrong? Oh, yeah. or I don't have the capital to be able to pay for the doors to ship or whatever. So, uh, that's, that was my theory and, uh, we've done really well with it. I think other companies are starting to try to do, do more of it. So we've got more competition in that space now, but, um, you got to constantly be evolving. So, uh, you, you've been in the business for how long? 20 years? Yeah. 19 years. We hit 19 years on May 15th. Congratulations. So, Thank you. uh, it's probably been about, I don't know how many years. So, so you, you got into Facebook Somehow you got inspired to start a garage door group on Facebook. What inspired you to do that? So I tell you what, we uh, we were we were in other groups. I was in other groups. You know, a couple of other guys I know they were all in the groups together. And you know, one of the issues we saw was these guys want to talk about stuff after work. They don't want to just talk about garage doors. Um, they want to talk about, you know, family life, about their toys they have, about whatever. 
so we saw, you know, the other groups that are all geared towards the garage door techs. They were definitely kind of restricted where, hey, we just want to talk about garage door stuff, which is great, which is, you know, keeps the, the groups to the point and everything else. Right. But, you know, I had a lot of guys messaging me because they're getting in trouble for posting a picture of the, the food they cooked on their grill that night. And I said, you know what, let's, let's create a group. What the heck? Let's just create a group for us. Um, we called it the Garage Door one group i think it was at first i didn't know that and uh yeah we 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 kept that name for four days i think um we got well over 300 members within 24 hours pretty much and at that point we said you know what we need a new name everybody said the name sucks i, I agree <laughs> so uh they, they went to vote and they came up with the garage door tech deplorables um so we started the group in i think it was june 2017 and we had at one point up to 35, 3,600 members until Facebook just decided to lock us down a little bit. And I mean, with a name the, like Garage Door Tech Deplorables, it was only a matter of time, I think. Right, right. You know, and that, that's, that's the unfortunate thing is right now, you know, you have to worry about using American flag on stuff with, with some of these politics. Crazy, so, um, yeah, we, 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 you know, got the 2.0 going. So if you're not there yet, GDTD 2.0 is is on Facebook. It's live. It's essentially the same group. Just now we're trying to rebuild it again. Now I, I know some guys like left Facebook and started a group on one of the other platforms like Parlor or whatever. Is that still going, or is that like just kind of dead? Yeah, we yeah we have um, a MeWe group and there's still some you know some activity over there i mean me personally i don't have time to keep up with it all so um we have a couple guys over there kind of take care of that group um it's a good backup plan i guess but the problem is facebook has the market um it's it's gonna be impossible to ever get away from facebook i feel yep so what's your plans with the group where's the group at now how many people uh, I think we're 1,200, 1,300 last I checked. Okay, so you lost a significant amount of people. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that still don't know that it's gone, I guess. And, <laughs> you know, it's with the algorithms and everything else. I mean, I I could go a couple of days just screen, you know, going through, yeah. scrolling through my newsfeed and not see a simple post from deplorables. But yet, they're there. You just have to click on the group to get in there. Yeah. So... Uh, I noticed that uh, I, di- I didn't know how much was involved in managing a group, but it appeared to be at one time quite a bit of work, and you brought in some like uh, people to assist you with that. Is that a lot? Is that a lot? Can it be overwhelming trying to manage it, a group? It can be. You know, the the days when you get a person in the group that disagrees with. 99.9% of the other group, you know, the rest of the group, um, that starts to get a little, a little overwhelming. Like who to vote for? <laughs> yeah, you're getting, I mean, you're getting PMs from everybody and, you know, you're getting guys saying, oh, this, you know, it's just, it, it can be a little overwhelming. So it's important to have a good admin team. Um, you know, everybody in the group kind of, they don't message just me. They'll message, you know, Ben or Brandon or whoever, and um you know take some of the pressure off me but you know it was when we first started it it's you're, you're getting members you know when we switched over to a new group we were getting probably about 
10 to 15 every half an hour requests so we have to go through and you know it's kind of hard you're like trying to make sure you don't let the wrong people in but same time you just want to build the group back up too yeah so um what are your plans do you like i see a lot of people in groups trying to monetize it uh do you just want to keep it for fun or are you actually considering making it something more we we've considered going some different ways with it um big thing i was trying to promote was the merch before it got shut down now we have to get that member right now we're kind of just focused on getting those members back up but um you know you should collect email addresses so that if this crashes again you can send out emails or texts right right that's what we were talking about doing um some kind of basic sites you know where we can have a, a some kind of directory of some sorts where everybody can kind of enter information and um doesn't have to be super complicated. I guess we can keep it simple, but yeah. Uh, so the Facebook group, you got your business. What's your plans with your company? I feel like you're always up to something. Like you're always working on something big. Right now, I just saw you post not too long ago. You're actually thinking about like redoing your logo, rebranding yourself. Uh, what's motivating you to do that? And what's the direction that you're taking your company in right now? So yeah, we're we're coming up on you know next year's gonna be our twentieth anniversary. So we kind of want to do we want to do things a little bit different without. I mean, we don't want to change. We don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. We have great customer base. We we have great reviews and everything else. We just want to kind of do like a refresh. Um, I mean, we've had the same logo since day one, pretty much. Um, we kind of want to gear our logo more towards like hey we do garage doors um because we get calls all day about closet doors sliding doors and yeah some of them might go and you know take care of but we also have a relationship with Pella for you know some things so they they go out and they pretty much give us a bonus or a finder's fee um but yeah we we definitely want to grow more into commercial um I think we would love to get two more trucks on the road. Currently we have two trucks, um, but you know, we got to try to find somebody, find people, which is very complicated right now. Yeah. Um, so right now we're just kind of trying to keep going, you know, go with the flow until everything passes. Yeah. So let's talk about that real quick. You know, you got shortages of material, you got price increases. Uh, it's no secret. Like I'm not, uh, opposed to price increases, uh, as long as they're, uh, managed and communicated properly and across the board with everybody. Obviously we can't get too far out of proportion. I wasn't expecting a hundred percent increase when I started that conversation. Uh, but I definitely felt like garage doors could go up, you know, 30, 40, 50%, and we would still be well within range of what people are probably expecting to pay. Um, except for maybe some cheap people, but, um, What's your take on all this going on with delays, shortages, price increases? Um, how are you viewing all this stuff? And, and uh, do you see, what do you think is causing it? And do you see um, the end being near or do you think it's going to continue for a while? Well, one thing I keep saying is this can only continue until everything kind of implodes. Um, this is, 
I'm starting to have flashbacks of 2008, whenever, you know, the housing market crashed and all that fun stuff. Um, prices can go up. Yes. Like you said, Hey, once a year, twice a year, we can have a price increase and that's fine. Now we're on to what four number five increase yeah. and significant numbers. It's about um, 40 to 50% right now since January. Yeah. I think I, my supplier said CHI was up 44 or 46% since January. Um, that's, that's a, that's a huge number for some guys in some markets. Um, our market, the Pittsburgh market here, we sell three layer doors, nothing fancy. The biggest fancy thing we do is stamped carriage. Um, the customers are usually on a lower budget. They want a decent door that's insulated and they want it for a decent price. Um, I've had many, many customers where they have an eight by seven. And if I come a thousand bucks for a new door installed, they're in shock. You know, they're like, oh my God, I can't afford that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So now we're going to be that same eight by seven. We're going to be 13, 1400 bucks installed. And it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I don't, I don't see good things happening by the end of the year. Um, definitely worried by fall time things are going to start kind of crashing into itself you can only go so long without product with high prices and yeah. you know it's, something's going to happen i mean if you look back and i'm trying to get like an economist on here uh to talk about like uh cycles because if you look about every 10 years and it could be off a year or two you see like something happen that helps reset the market. Um, I think it's higher powers trying to keep the market down so they can buy in and whatever. But anyway, long story short, I got my, I got my theory. Um, we haven't had that, right? So the, uh, COVID was the closest thing. Um, and I don't think we've seen the repercussions to that, or we're starting to see now, the repercussions of that. But during that period of time in the home service industry, we were all slammed. I mean, for, well, maybe not all, but a lot of us were slammed. Were you really busy or I know in your area, you guys were kind of shut down for some time. Uh, were you allowed to continue doing jobs or were you, uh, on lockdown to the point where you couldn't be out? So for about the first eight weeks in March, um, March, I think 16th, it did a shutdown. We, there was no construction activity allowed in the state of Pennsylvania. Now the exemption was emergency repairs were allowed. So we had a bunch of doors even then, you know, sitting up at our, our distribution center waiting to be installed and we couldn't install them. They were just sitting there. So, uh, you know, we, we did lay everybody off except for myself. I stayed on. I took care of the calls, took care of everything, and pretty much did service. And every customer called, you know, they're like, oh, my door's broken. I said, oh, it sounds like it's an emergency need you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And we, we came up with some ways to try to make the customer feel better, um, feel more comfortable. And one of the things was a, a touch-free service call so they could, you know, book their appointment either on phone or online and they can have the option of pretty much not interacting with us at all, you know, thanks to our, our 
house called Pro Software and everything. Well, I see to... you drop there. And <laughs> like, I just want to chat with you real quick about that. I don't mean to get you sidetracked, but you're a pretty big fan of house called Pro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So are you a fan of just the fact that it organizes you? Because, it, like, would any software be good for you? Or are you a huge fan of House Call Pro particularly? So I tell you what, we just, I posted yesterday actually in the House Call Pro Facebook group, and um, we our Google reviews are up to 155. When I started House Call Pro a little less than a year and a half ago, um, we had 22 or 24 reviews. So that in itself has helped us tremendously to, you know, organically move up those Google lists. Um, the other thing I love about House Call Pro is they're always improving it. They're always adding features They're and they're not charging you more for them. You know, it's that they'll, they'll come up with, they just came up with the most recent one, the price book. I have personally not used it much or anything else, but they worked on this. They developed it. They added it to existing customers. And I think that's huge. Um, I hate when you sign up with a software company like that and they come with these new features and they make it part of a whole new package and you got to add this and that. So, you know, for us, House Call Pro has been excellent. Um, Whenever we first signed on and many people actually warned me, it's a bumpy road getting on. You're going to get frustrated at first. But that's with every software company, you know, every, every change you make. I mean, when I changed my phones over, I was yelling and screaming. It was bad, you know, any change you make that might affect your business, your baby, um, it's, it's going to be stressful. But once we get through it, it's, it's, they've been great. Um, you know, really, really no issues. And we use every part of their service. Pretty much. We use a credit card processor, uh, we use the postcards. Um, it's, it's I think the postcards are money. And I love how it's tied into the system. So it just you can set it up to send it to particular customers or quotes or whatever. But the um, the reputation management, so I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I like to send a review like right after, and then if they don't fill it out, like have like almost a drip campaign where they'll get it in like a week or like three days later or a week and then a month. So they may get like an email requesting, but once they fill it out, it shuts down. How does it work with house call pro? How are, what are obviously your methods working really well because you've jumped up so fast. Um, what method are you using as far as your, your, uh, how soon you're sending it? I assume it's automated, but are you able to kind of, uh, configure the time when it's sent and send multiple if they don't fill it out? So, you can set up email campaigns. Um, the way their review request works is as soon as you click finish on the job, as long as you don't have it tagged with no review or you know whatever tag you chose in there, uh, it sends the link via email and or text to the customer saying, hey, you know, we're done, blah, blah, blah. Here's your details. Review us. It seems like most of the customers are clicking that right away. I don't know what different about that link compared to what I've done in the past because I've done similar in the past Mm -hmm. but for some reason whatever they're clicking on that seems to work now I do have a follow-up email sent um let's see three or five business days or days after the service that it's pretty much a personal uh, letter from me email from me thanking them for their business and yada 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 and then again I have the google review link on there um, 
any follow-up that we have automate, automatically sent and included in their annual service, we have the review link on there. So, but they, they are, they're clicking on the first time and there's not that I know of, there's no way to adjust that. It just goes out as soon as you hit, you know, finish. So. Okay. That's nice. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but I've been working with Roland and uh, I think her name is Shanai. Um, and we just did like a demo account and they're letting me play around with it. And uh, it's nice. I mean, it's definitely not service Titan uh, when it right. comes to like the robustness and the, the, you know, you can go down rabbit trails with, with uh, service Titan. But. I didn't realize that House Call Pro is really only five years old. And for them to be where they're at five years old is stinking impressive, dude. Yeah. So uh, I, I think about where they're going to be in 10 years. And it's so hard, right? Because you're building a software for uh, electricians. You're building it for HVAC. You're building it for garage door companies. You're building it for you know, house cleaning or lawn care. And everybody's work processes are slightly different, so I find it uh, I, I find it challenging a lot of times. Like when you're searching for software, like trying to find something that works with the workflows that garage door companies do, because some of our workflows are a little bit different and unique, uh, and everybody runs their business very different. Also, uh, you got companies like uh, we were just talking about uh, Adam Weber. He's got like salespeople. They just go out and sell repairs. They sell doors and then, you know, they send in repair guys. Well, the repair guys go there with the parts they need. They do the repair and they leave. Like they're not really having a ton of interaction with the customer. They're just there to fix the door. They already know what's wrong. They already have the parts. They go there, they fix it, they leave. Um, I think that's pretty impressive. I, I like that, that idea. Um, I don't know that, uh, we will do it. We may do it later. I don't know. But trying to find guys who sell and do repairs at the same time, and they're really good at both, is very difficult. Um, so yeah, trying to find that combo. Um, so anyway, what uh, you said you had two trucks on the road? Yeah. And you're out. You're I see you're out on the trucks all the time. So how is yeah. it balancing? Like how do you find the, the time to be able to balance – running your business and being in a truck because I find that to be one of the most challenging, most difficult things that any owner can do. Oh, it's absolutely a challenge. Um, the important thing that we have is the office staff. Um, anybody, I, I, whenever we were shut down back in March of 2020, I tried to handle all this stuff myself. I forgot to book customers I forgot to put things in house GoPro. I was screwing up. And once everything kind of opened back up, I was very quick to bring her back. Um, you know, no, nobody's perfect. And, you know, the job can be stressful at times, but the ability that to have somebody in the office, answering that phone, putting stuff in the house GoPro, talking to the customers, organizing the stuff, that's huge. Um, she takes care of most of our quotes. I do all the commercial stuff and the hard stuff, but your, your normal you know, eight by six, six low headroom door. She can price those out. Um, now I'll do stuff usually in the mornings. I usually get into work late because I'll be working from home for, you know, I find myself on the computer for three hours in the morning. 
Um, but it's, it's, we balance it out pretty good. Um, I would definitely like more time in the office so I can focus on growing the business more. And we're trying to get there. It seems like you know, every time you get a little bit ahead, somebody quits. Now you're back behind again. Um, I know that feeling. After yeah, almost six years, dude, I'm I'm been back in a truck. I'm doing training, and yeah, I mean it's a it's a delicate balance. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Good man. How are you, Roman? Doing great. I just wanted to reach out and let you guys know how grateful I am that Somer has been a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Yeah, fifth season already. We've had four really good seasons and a lot of good success for us. That's great to hear. At this point, though, I think everybody's pretty much heard of you guys that follow the podcast. What do you think we could say to make your ad stand out for season five? Well, I think we've been working really hard on customer service, making sure that our team and everyone knows all the technical things they need to know to make sure we get uh, the best and quickest service to both homeowners and dealers. Um, We've also been putting a lot of stuff out there to improve product knowledge so that customers know how to, or so dealers and technicians can know how to troubleshoot or know, you know, what all our operators are capable of, because there's a lot of stuff, even stuff that's not in the manual. And um, we're continually improving the product. We've had a couple of new software releases in the last year. Um, we're continually adding additional accessories, and we've got some even new operators in the pipeline that we're excited about. So you guys got a lot going on. That is great. Am I allowed to talk about how awesome you guys have been through all the shortages and price increases? You guys have been like steady Eddie. Like you didn't skip a beat. No quality issues to my knowledge or anything. Well, Summer is a German company. You know, we we do things slowly, but we're, we try to do them well. That is super true. You guys have a great team, and I am so thankful and proud to have you guys as a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Hey, Torsion Talk family, if you haven't tried Somer yet, I challenge you to reach out and start a conversation today. Not only is the product great, but Roman and his team are super knowledgeable. I can call him and troubleshoot or just ask advice because he's been in my shoes. If you're ready to chat with the team at Somer, call 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market. So when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, check them out first. As a matter of fact, bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. After yeah, almost six years, dude, I'm I'm been back in a truck. I'm doing training and yeah, I mean it's a, it's a delicate balance. I tell you what, I enjoy the truck. I enjoy yeah. going out. I enjoy talking to the customers. I enjoy service. I hate installs. Um, you know, I, I I definitely enjoy the service side of things though. Yep. So um Let's talk a little bit about uh, your plans for your company. So um, you definitely are trying to find that delicate balance. 
uh, of being in a truck and 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 then also running your company. So, what are some what are some skills that you have that help you balance that? And uh, how long do you think it'll be before you're able to kind of move into the office and be more of the CEO or president instead of kind of playing a dual role? So I, I would love to say by the end of by the time we hit our 20th year, I'll be more 50% in the office, 50% of the field. Um, that's our goal. That's my goal. Um, that's, of course, you know, everything has to happen, right? You know, first, first of all, you got to find employees. A huge challenge. You know, everywhere. It's not just here. It's everywhere. Um, our market, it's not a top dollar market here. Um, we do mostly residential, so I'm not looking for a commercial guy or anything like that. Um, I don't, everybody, I don't know, I guess there's two different thoughts to this. Um, some guys say, oh, find an experienced guy. And then some guys say, you don't want an experienced guy. I always lean more towards I don't want an experienced guy because I don't want to retrain the person. It, it's, it's just like teaching an old dog new tricks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, years ago I interviewed a guy and he was from you know, Big Green and uh, seemed like a cool guy and all, but right away he's talking about how he sells this, sells that, sells that. And I'm like, I, yes, I like to sell things, but I'm not, we're not known as that pushy company, you know, and our customers respect that. They, they Our reviews reflect that. Um, so I don't want to make the mistake of getting a guy in here that's going to push he yeah, doesn't reflect your personality and your business. Right. You know, it's just, I don't want to be treated like I'm being sold to, and I don't want my customers to have to deal with that either. There's ways of selling their customers without being super pushy. Now, those are, you know, do we have the top sales? No, absolutely not. Um, if I was pushy, I probably would. But I just, to me, it's more important to have a happy customer. Yeah. And I think you can accomplish both if you do it right. So right. we, we've, we've accomplished, um, that in my opinion, we get a lot of reviews. I got, I'm up to almost 900, um, I'm right under 900 reviews on Google. Uh, we've been doing reputation management since the beginning, sending review requests and stuff like that. Um, but we, we offer, uh, packages like here, you got option one, two, or three, here's your safety inspections written. Here's the things that need to be addressed now. Here's the things that sooner than later. And here's the things that can improve the performance of your door. Which option do you want? One, two, or three. And, right. you know, nine times out of ten, people are picking the middle or the top package. Right. And so um, it's it's not uh, in that method. We're not being pushy. We're just offering additional options. And a lot right. of, t- yeah. And so, like, uh, but I understand what you're saying because, I've had people interview here where they're like bragging about, you know, ah, I charge this for that. And, um, and it's like, I, I don't, yes, I want you to be proud of the fact that you, um, you sold service at a fair rate. I don't want you to create a culture in my company where we're bragging about how much we charged a customer. That is right. not something that I want done in my company. Right. So, um, I think there's a delicate balance between, uh, showing appreciation, um, and not, and not going too far and then creating a culture of celebration when someone overcharges 
uh, because if the owner's celebrating overcharging, it's going to trickle down to the rest of the team and motivate them to the overcharge as well. So right. uh, great, great feedback. Kevin, um, you're in Pittsburgh. Last question. You guys were the steel capital of the United States. With steel coming back, are you guys seeing these steel plants ramp back up and, and start to work again? And is it uh, helping and creating a better economy there? So there was talk of them opening up some old abandoned steel plants and you know getting them going again. I actually have not heard recently if that actually happened or not. Um, believe it or not, the biggest thing that we have lately around here is the shale that's in the ground. So that has boosted this area significantly. So the what in the ground? Seeing, uh, the Marcello shale. Um, I don't even oil. know what that is. Oh, oil. Yeah, it's it's a byproduct, I guess, of oil or something. They just built this shell company, just built this huge uh, cracker plant where I guess they take this shale or whatever, bring it there, and they turn it into plastics, hmm. um, plastics and vinyl products. So they're still, they've been working on building this place for, you know, four or five years now. Um, that's supposed to be huge for the area. I know that the home values in that area have shot up really quickly. Um, so no steel's steel's not definitely number one on the list around here. It seems like anymore, um, which is a shame because the city is definitely set up for it. Yeah. Well, anything you want to add, uh, you want to give a shout out to anybody, kids, wife, uh, Facebook group. So my, <laughs> so I do have two boys, uh, Mason and Tyler. They're six and eight. Um, they're both homeschooled, and their grandma and grandpa do that during the day. Uh, my wife works full time for Eaton Electrical Company, and um, yeah, the, the kids are actually getting ready to end their school season, I guess. Um, they do phenomenal with it. I was definitely nervous at first, and I, I I was hesitant on them doing it, but they're doing really good with it. And like I got last year, it was it was a blessing in disguise that they're already signed up and ready to go. So. What curriculum are you guys using? Um, they do Liberty Online University, okay. it's a Christian based yeah. school, I guess. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's my most wife of the is, homeschool stuff is Christian based, to my knowledge. I know I know there's a lot of them, at least. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife's, you know, every morning she's printing on their lesson plans or anything else. And it's it goes over my head, that's for sure. Mm, that's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, you know, thank you to you for putting together the VDDC. Um, and that was awesome. Thank you. I definitely, I was glad to be a part of it. I was glad to promote it. Um, we... You know, here in the office, the first day for Thursday, we all sat here and watched the whole time. Uh, Friday was Good Friday, so I gave them the day off, and I came in. But uh, it was good. Uh, it was it was nice to have something since we didn't have anything. Yeah. Um, it's nice to, you know, still learn stuff. I'm, I have was, you logged in and watched some of the other videos that you weren't able to watch? Yeah, I, I started to the other night, actually. So um, I'm going to probably do that over the next couple weeks honestly um it's i gotta show my my cousin he wants to see mike rose so i'm gonna say, oh, come over your house we'll sit there and watch it yeah, yeah. um he was excellent so that was, that was definitely cool he's awesome oh uh, i tell you what it's 
I was I was laughing a lot. I could tell you were. Yeah, I mean, he had me laughing. I was crying so hard when he was talking right. about the uh, uh, the nun doll. Yeah, that was. I thought I was gonna lose it and have to take a break. I'm I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard about to fall out of my chair. I look it over at Adrian. Adrian's trying his best to hold it together, and so yeah, it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, just uh, yeah. I mean, if anybody's missing the deplorables, we're still there. GDTD 2.0 over on Facebook. Come join. Uh, I think. Yeah, we're yeah, a lot of good comes home. out of that. I know, like, deplorable sometimes has like a uh, a negative, um, maybe uh, stigma to it. But uh, the guys in that group are really down to earth, like genuine, and help take care of each other. So it's nice to see that, and I, I really appreciate everything that you've done with the group and um, putting that together and helping out all the guys that you guys have helped out. Because if I'm not mistaken, like vertical lift outreach was kind of birthed out of that. Uh, right. So uh, kudos to you. And then if I'm not mistaken, you guys even won uh, like an award um, at IDEA or IDA Expo like a year or two ago. Yeah, I think it was, well, 2019 or, yeah, 2019, they got the uh, humanitarian award. Um, and, and Scott and Christina, mainly Christina, she, she took that awesome. and ran with it. You know, she's, she puts a lot of effort in everything she does and it, yeah. it was great. Um, me and her chatted a few times and I said, boy, you know, it'd be great to have something where we could have a fund. So when people, you know, have hardships, you know, we, we could have something there for them, help them out. And she just took it and ran with it. I mean, it was you got to tell her twice. No, no, not at all. I mean, if it's a good idea and she stands behind it, she'll, she'll, she's all in. Yeah. Um, she's, she's definitely excellent. Scott's, Scott's very involved with all the guys, you know, he's, he's been involved since day one. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a good team of people we have put together to keep everybody kind of calm, you know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, this, this job can take a toll on you and it's nice to be able to go in and just chat and have fun and cut loose. So I think it's great. Yep, absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you for uh, taking the time to jump on the podcast. I'm sorry it took this long to get you on. I was sitting here thinking about it the other day. I was like, dude, I got Kevin coming on. How have I not had Kevin on already? <laughs> We're in like the fifth season. So um, I appreciate you coming on and thanks for joining and supporting uh, VDDC. You you honestly were a big reason why it did so well with so many people uh, because, you know, we did our best to get the word out. But it's people like you who are influencers in your own group and in your community and in the garage door industry who really pushed it and got the word out and helped us out. So I'm glad that you won the ten thousand dollars and was able to fix up the house a little bit. And <laughs> hopefully the wife's happy with you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We're going to do a new bathroom next, so that's going to be for the rest of it. You can do it yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, most of it, I might bring a plumber in to do some stuff, but yeah. I, 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 I'll do anything. You know, any, anything. I, my problem is not that I don't want to pay somebody to do work in my house, because I don't want to be that guy, because you <laughs> know, in the industry, it's like, <laughs> why don't you just pay me? I personally, anytime I hire somebody to do something in my house, they don't do it to my expectations. Yep. 
so I find myself redoing it after I leave and I'm like, what do I pay for it? You know? So, um, and that's, that's on me. That's my personal yeah. issues. <laughs> you sound like me. I'm the same way. I mean, when I hire somebody, I tell them, I'm like, look, when you're building out this quote, you might want to put a little bit of a PIA fee in there because <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly how I want it. And if there's a reason why we shouldn't do it that way, let me know. But I'm very particular. I want it to look good. And um, if you can't do that, then cool. Just let me know. And if you don't want to right. deal with it, cool. Just let me know. I'm just communicating right. to you my expectations. So we're on the same page. <laughs> and if you got to bill me a little extra, I'm cool with that. And I tip. Right. You know, I tip right. my buddy. He, um, I got him to do uh, pressure wash so, uh, my driveway and stuff. And he, um, I think he hit me low. I had budgeted like, I don't know, four something, 400 something for the, the front porch, back porch. Uh, driveway I didn't know how much it costs so I hit him up I took some pictures sent him over to him he hit me like three something I was like all right 400 we got a deal he's like you're so weird dude and I was <laughs> like I was like well I want to support you you know and then he came and did it and I gave him a $40 tip and he's like bro appreciate it and I was like no problem man I said I want to support you I want you to do well that's that's how I am right and and, right. and I think that uh, he did a phenomenal job too by the way like he did he saw things I wouldn't have, and we talked about it and pointed it out, and, and it was good. And there were some things that I wanted him to do that I didn't even point out, and he took care of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, if you're hiring the right people, you don't have to worry about all those little things, and, and then you feel like you can pay more because you got the value's worth. And that's what I preach right. all the time is deliver the value, make it a great customer experience, and you can charge pretty much whatever you want, and people will right. love it and appreciate it. So, right. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for Thanks coming for on the show, me. buddy. Yeah, bro. Uh, have a great day, and um, we will catch up. Hopefully, we'll have another call on with you, uh, maybe do another podcast in like a year, and we can talk about how you're in the shop 100% of the time running your business right. with five or six crews. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, have a good day. All right, you too. See Thanks. You.